Yeah, get that out of here. Fuck. What a horrible movie. Oh. You know what we need to do? We need to um, play Walking with the Dinosaurs by Was Not Was. (laughs) No. We need to say we did. Let's not say we did. What? We need to start our show. Start the podcast with, you know, how we introduced it. Yes. All right. Well, let's talk about these movies. Let's let's get this shit over with first about this stupid fucking pastor, pastor movie. And then we'll talk about the good movie. How's that? Okay, yeah. After losing his parents, a priest travels to China where he inherit, inherits... Okay, I'm going to start that over. Yeah, go ahead. Done with your body functions? Maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) After losing his parents, a priest travels to China where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. At first, horrified by this new power, a hooker convinces him to use it to fight crime and ninjas. And that's the story. And you! Are listening to? Oh, we haven't even Andy. introduced ourselves. Oh, come on! Right. You are out of touch. <laughs> I thought with what we're better. doing. Do you not know how this show goes? <laughs> Greetings! This is David DePay from Burgess Jail, and you are listening to Heavy Metal Horror. Stay tuned for more metal and horror. Yow! I am Montag, master of illusion. What goes up must come down, but not always. And I am Bloodletta. And sometimes it comes out water if the blood is fully drained. Like it did in the Velocipaster. And And you you are listening (laughs) to Heavy. Oh, kitties, I would really, really like to say we had two good movies to talk about tonight, but we don't. We've got one. We've got a good movie to talk about, but we also have a shit pile of a movie to talk about, which I thought would be good. I really did thought, uh, think it would be good, but no, no. We, uh, somebody lied to us. Yeah. We watched. We won't mention her name. (laughs) Who said it was good? I won't mention her name. Blood letter. Someone said this would be good. We watched the Velocipaster um, and Ravenous. Now, I love Ravenous, but we're going to talk about Velocipaster first. Because <sighs> I thought, oh, this would be funny. 2018, that's a funny concept. Pastor turns into a uh, dinosaur, uh, a man of the claw. Um, but the best thing about this movie is the post, you know, the DVD artwork. The dinosaur is only 
five eight five nine tall. Yeah, it's not a big that's dinosaur. The, that's a good thing for It's a tiny ninjas. dinosaur. Now, on IMDb, it says it's a comedy. It is not. A comedy means that's funny. Well, not well. technically, comedy means it's going to have a happy ending because it's drama. There's only two, you know, comedy and, and, you know, and tragedy. Tragedy, everyone dies. Comedy, happy ending. Um, this is not funny. There, I think there were two lines that were, oh, okay, that's, that's good. But the, um, the guy who wrote this, Brendan Steer, same guy who directed it. He also did Animosity, which I've not seen. Jesus, he's got a lot of stuff that he's written. Wonders of Love, Dead by Dawn, Redead. Uh, he's a and producer, a director. haven't heard of him. <laughs> yeah. This is shit. Brendan, your screenplay wasn't funny. Uh, I know it was intentionally trying to be funny, but if, if you're going to do a bad movie, then it should be a funny bad movie. You should at least put a few jokes in, try a little bit, you know, try. Not just the, not just the laughing of, ha, 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 ha. Are you okay? Are you okay with this arrow stuck through your chest? Are you hurting? Yeah. The excessive laughter. Not funny. Um, just really not funny at all. Uh, yeah, this, this uh, priest gets uh, this dinosaur tooth turns into a dinosaur he went to China, um, somebody's backyard he was in china yeah it was like someone's in a, backyard was in a china. chinese forest and it doesn't even have bamboo in it Just no please. it had it had a an asian woman running through it um dressed you know very offensively and uh with her hair braided so that makes sense of course because you have to you're in china and she got shot by an arrow yeah and then um, yeah, that this was asked, pretty bad. Now, it, are you okay? IMDb compares this to movies like Lamageddon, which I've not seen. I need to. And Zombievers. Zombievers was actually fairly entertaining. Shut I've not up. seen Ouija Shark, although it gets a 1.8. I may have to look for that. Oh, my God. Um, Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. I've seen the trailer for that. That looks pretty good. Uh, I'm Trolls, for that. Trolls 2, uh, 2.9. This is way, ba- way worse than Troll 2. Uh, I mean, Troll 2 is horrid, one of the worst movies ever, but it's so bad that it's wonderful. You know, speaking of Blood Letter, you've never seen it. We're going to watch it. I'm going to invite the guy who was in Troll 2. I'm going to invite him on the show. Talk to him. In what? Trolls 2? From Troll 2, the guy who stars in it. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, Brendan Steer, uh, bad job, man. This is. He only spent. Well, well, this cost $35,000. I want to know where. Uh, there's no way in the world mm-hmm. this movie should have cost $35,000. My last movie cost me 135 bucks, and I think way better. But uh, that was including buying a green screen. Well, we'll watch it one day. Question your earnest. It should be up here. Um, no, no. It, I really had hopes for this. That's I think that's why I'm so disappointed with it, because I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be funny. They know they're doing something ridiculous. But they mm-hmm. don't really do anything ridiculous about it. They're, they're trying to carry on this some semblance of a real storyline that really doesn't go very far. I mean, it involves pimps and hookers, and the Velocipaster is going like, to take out the bad guys. He has this relationship with a prostitute, you know, the hooker with but the how heart does of gold. It, 
how did the ninjas get involved with the priest if they were in China? And I think because the, the, the flashback showed that the priest was in China um, with the with the army. Wasn't that right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, was yeah. kind of zoning out with them at that time, yeah. you know? Well, I did uh, find a trivia fact. On a, yeah, well, oh, yeah. Please trivia us away. Uh, it said, during the flashback with sequence, war sequence, featuring Father Stewart, there was a quote on the shed behind him, uh, which reads, the world is full of kings and queens who blind your eyes, eyes and, and steal, steal your, your dreams. dreams. It's heaven and hell. That's the yes. from heaven and hell, Black Sabbath. Yes, and the guy said, uh, the person who ever wrote this was like, I'm not sure if it was intentional or what the relation it has, what relation it has to the film, but it is present and fairly legible. So I think there was a lot of things in there that just didn't make sense. Like um, A lot of them we didn't make sense. Um, yeah, like it wasn't a clear storyline. Like when, um, what was his name? Uh, what was the pimp's name? mermaid uh frankie mermaid frankie mermaid because he had frankie mermaid because he had he swims in an ocean of tail ocean of prostitutes women women pussy something 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 like like that that. yeah yeah but when he goes into the confessional and just confesses to the priest that he blew up his parents well he didn't know he blew up his parents but right the priest's parents it was like why would a him just randomly walk into any church and say, Hey, I blew up this car. Yeah, I gotta confess. Right. I think it if he would have said that he followed the hooker around and saw the priest with her, then I could see that. Yeah. Like, you owe me my money, you know, or something like that. But well, it I, clear. Yeah, it was kind of goofy. Why was she, why was he there? It makes no sense. Um, I did like um the uh the prostitute, Alyssa Kempinski. I thought she did a fine job. Um, and I'm looking over her IMDb now, and she's got some other things I'll watch her in. Her first um, credited role is from 2010. I clean up your grave, and she's listed as Pillow Fighting Babe 2. Oh. So I am totally going to watch that. Um, yeah, but the loss of pastor... The thing is, it's it just doesn't accomplish much. Like it's it's um, how would I really like roster pastor? I'm gonna give this a one star. I'm one. gonna give it a half of half a blood drop. I don't think I can give it one. Yeah, and I'm like point two five blood drops. I don't know. It's, oh no, I I I won't give it any limp dicks. No blood drops. Half a blood drop. The only reason why it's going to get a blood drop or half a blood drop is this. Um, Oh, Adeline. What's her name, right? The Father Stewart's girlfriend. She stepped on the IUD. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's she's useless. useless. The fight scene at the end when you finally see the full dinosaur (laughs) suit, that's funny. (laughs) That's really funny. Um, But it's, it's way too little too late by that time um you know it's just it's just unfunny by then i was bored i was ready to get out of it for a movie it's only an hour and 10 minutes it is really it feels long you know it's like oh god the dialogue is really slow like even when they're just talking to each other that's just yeah there's nothing yeah nothing particularly original about it their attempts at humor just fall short everywhere 
And I, again, I wanted to like this. The best thing about the movie is the, the artwork that whoever made for the DVD or whatever, that looks pretty cool. Um, yeah. But it just, just badly done. Um, and for a movie that costs $35,000, I don't know where the fuck they spent it. So Brendan, Brendan, if you're out there, tell me where the fuck you spent this $35,000. Cause I'm not seeing it. Um, that dinosaur suit could have been more than a few hundred bucks, you know, and what else were you paying for craft services? Um, I mean, seriously, you, I mean, you had some blood, you know, would you spend a hundred bucks in blood? Okay. You had a, you had a, a, uh, a mannequin head that you put some uh, nose, you know, eyebrows and a mustache on and you pulled off a dummy. Um, what'd that cost you? 10 bucks. And you're saving all the blood for that scene. Cause then it was just like, yeah, blood, so you're blood, in hundred bucks and then for it a dinosaur looked suit. Like water towards hundred bucks for more blood and a spray. Ten bucks for dinosaur head. Okay, two hundred and ten dollars. I still think it's about hundred and ten dollars over budget. This movie should have cost hundred bucks. All <laughs> of it going toward blood and dinosaur. Yeah, it just I wanted to like it. That's the that's the sad part. Um it's just it's like it's not that it's so bad it's good. It's just it's just bad. And it's not funny. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a boring bad movie, and unfortunately, so I had high hopes for it. You know, the idea of it was great, but it really just fell short, pretty much, pretty much everywhere. So, right. um, hey, you know, if you want to come on and talk about your movie, I'm, I welcome you on. That's fine. Oh, I, mean, that would be I fun. don't know you uh, about it. Um, you know, I don't know you. I'm not trying to tear you down, man, but the movie's just on good. And um, same thing with Alyssa Kempinski. She did oh, do good that. acting. Yeah, I thought she did a good act, uh, job. You know, yeah, Frankie Mermaid was over the top. You know? Uh, yeah, awful. Certainly, yeah, pretty bad. They try I mean, to make him into the typical pimp with the yeah. long hair and then the big bald spot on the top. Yeah, it was bad. And then you got Aurelio Voltaire was Altair. He was showed up in his uh, Chris Angel Mind Freak look, you know, and but with exaggerated makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, with the pointy ears. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, just just on un, good. That's, uh, that's all I have to say about it. So Anything else you need to want to say about this blood letter? Yeah, don't waste your time. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. 100%. Just know what you're getting into. Yeah. Watch, watch it double double time. Yeah. Um, fortunately, we have another movie that we are going to discuss, uh, which is way way better. Um, I I love this movie. I think it's one of my favorites. Uh, just the casting is great, um, but before we get there, let's let's, let's we're gonna do ravenous. Mm-hmm. You are who you eat, and if you've not seen ravenous, the basic premise, or do you want to do the summary blood letter? Would you like to do that? You're often our summary yes. person. I'm, I'm just trying to, looking trying for to it. find okay. it right here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now IMDb only gives us a seven out of ten. That's just ridiculous. I'm gonna. I'm That's gonna the read. one I was gonna read. Okay, in a remote military outpost in the 19th century, 
Captain John Boyd and his regiment embark on a re- rescue mis- mission, which takes a dark turn when they are ambushed by a sadistic cannibal. All right. Yeah. Um, and now the writer is Ted Griffin. Um, he has written other other movies, uh, Ocean's Eleven, Matchstick Men. He did The Shield. Um, so Tower Heist. He's done some other really good stuff. It's a really smart script. It's got a wickedly dark sense of humor. Um, and mm-hmm. the, the casting is fantastic. Guy Pierce, Robert Carlyle, David Arquette, Jeremy Davies, Jeffrey Jones, um, John Spencer, Stephen Spinella, uh, Neil McDonough. I wrote Neil McDonough, by the way. Um, uh, oh, did I, you? Yeah, I really like I like him. I like his acting. Ever since I this is the first movie I saw him in, and I thought this guy's he's got the chops. He's got the looks to be a star. Um, and he was in Band of Brothers. Um, he's in a new sci-fi, or he's in the new American Horror Story now. So Neil McDonough, if you're out there, come on the show, man. I think you're really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Letter would love, love to hang out with you. Yes. She likes Dave DeFay. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, I really it, liked Robert Carlyle, too. Like, yes. He, his he, acting was As Colonel phenomenal. Ives or Calhoun. Yes, mm-hmm. he's what makes this movie for me. Guy Pierce plays the rather um, unwilling cannibal, and it's 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 connects not only to cannibalism, but it's tied to the mythology of the Wendigo, you know, the Native American myth um, of the northern woods of Minnesota, the northern the Ojibwe tribe, and other tribes have this myth of the Wendigo, this spirit or someone who's possessed by a spirit. And um, it could be a monster. It's usually a tall uh, monster. It's usually gaunt and has this desiccated skin pulled over its bones. Um, and then what happens is the it's a ravenous kinds of spirit. It devours people. So if you're possessed by it or it eats, it eats you, basically you it, there's this vampiric quality to it. You yeah. eat someone, usually your enemy, you absorb all their power. You know, and you take on their health, and then, but you have a different appetite afterwards. All you want is human flesh, and so you eat more and, you want and more. It more. Yeah, so yeah. it makes you stronger and stronger. Because um, there's that great scene where Ives gets shot, and he gets up. You know, full blank shotgun, right? You know, sits up and laughs. So it must give you superhuman strength. But yeah, Robert Carlyle, um, great actor. I really like him, Robert Carlyle. Hey, if you're listening. The, the cast is really, really good, but he's delicious in this, you know, great really lines. Is. Yeah. And embraces this vampire vampiric, you know, cannibalism because his character was dying of tuberculosis and he was really on his way to die when he heard about this myth and started eating people. And now he's you know, like nearly superhuman and the film is beautifully shot um, and cannot, cannot say enough about the score. And let yes. me. Love uh, it. Yeah. Um, it didn't make. Oh, oh shit! It didn't make any money. Well, fuck. That's too bad. It cost twelve million dollars to make. It only grossed two million. I saw it in the theater. I thought it was delightful. That was fantastic. See, I don't remember it coming out of. Uh, yeah, I don't remember it being in the theater. The score, uh, which was 
written and performed by Damon Albarn and Michael Nyman. Okay. The score was not actually a collaboration, according to Nyman. Ravenous was a joint composition in the sense that Damon Albarn composed 60% of the tracks and I did the rest. That's what he said. So, and Nyman was on um, playing banjo on it. That Hail Columbia, you get that kind of weird plucking banjo. Michael yeah. Nyman is the guy who did the music for movies like The Piano. Um, anyway, the score is fantastic. Uh, it's, it's, you done with traditional instrumentation, really kind of bizarre at times, very moody, atmospheric, just like the movie. You know, it's um, like, you know, 18. 47 1848 and the sierra nevadas so you have this gorgeous you know beautiful scenery um i really neil mcdonough plays this soldier tough as nails you know um yeah and there's an intensity jeffrey jones played uh colonel hart yep and uh he was in a also in a ton of movies and i i always liked him in his I like a lot of his characters that he plays in the movies and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he was also in Ferris Bueller. Um, he was yeah. in, he was also in Beetlejuice. But this this movie has a you know, there's a lot of gore and violence, a lot of humor. Yeah. Um, and it I it tends to be a very divisive movie, you know. Um, I just I think it's quite you know the humor is up because in the very beginning the film opens with this quote by Frederick Nietzsche, you know, Nietzsche that he that fights mon- with monsters should look into it that he himself has not become a monster. Um, yeah. And then after that, this quote pops up, eat me, you know, and yeah. like, you kind of know from the bat, like anonymous, <laughs> right. You kind of know from the bat, like, okay, there's going to be some humor in this. Uh, and it works really well for, for this movie but it's it's not so overly done that you take this as a comedy um it's a it's a like a wickedly dark undercurrent of some of some humor and it um a little bit comes from the characterizations but i feel like i've just rambled on and on blood but i want to hear more what you thought about it um i really like it because um i like the folklore of it all you know and it's that's one thing i always I always like is, you know, just the different beliefs of different people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then it was, you know, you kind of laugh because you're like, oh, it's like a um, Western cannibals show. <laughs> you know? It's just like, and you never think about like, um, you know, cannibalism back in that time or, you know, mm-hmm. to use the, that folklore into the story. Um, I thought was great. Because you usually see like modern times or postmodern times, you know, futuristic films with zombies and cannibals and stuff like that. So it was mm-hmm. neat that it was kind of uh, wrapped up in a westernish type feel to it. Well, we also um, have the Sierra Nevada Mountains where we have the Donner Party. You know, the famous story of the Donner Party resorting to cannibalism on their way to the Promised Land in California. You know, we have this. We we have that. I think it's probably some of the basis for this story in a way other okay. than the Wendigo, but you know, the Donner party is a very famous example of early on of the settlers resorting to what they had to do, you know, to live, um, you know, I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> well, there you go. There's some mer- there's a little bit of history for you. Blood letter. So there um, you go. It's very exciting. 
And I like how he just comes into the, the into the camp and he's, you know, he, he's so he's such a good actor because, you know, he can play that like dumb, like, oh, you know, like they're going to go eat her, you know, we need to come. And then he starts when they hit the cave, you know, when he starts acting very primal, you know, as mm-hmm. they're searching the cave and trying to figure it out, you know, and then you're like, just making that weird. With him? <laughs> yeah. And his hands are yeah. flicking. He starts digging like a dog. You know, like digging yeah. up something right. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, and I, and I love that the pit scene where they get in there and they're like, "Wait a minute, how many people were in there?" And they're like, six, You know, and then he's like, mm-hmm. "Uh oh!" And then they're like, realize he's not who he says he is. You know, mm-hmm. that he's he's the cannibal. Um, and then just for him to come back as a as a colonel and just as you know, t- psychologically torture. Um, trying to, th- I can't think of Guy Pierce's character name in the movie. Guy Pierce, um, yeah, his character was- is John Boyd, Captain Boyd. Okay, so yeah, so then he's like torturing Captain Boyd, and you know, nobody's believing him that you know he- he's a cannibal and he killed everybody else and stuff like that. So, um. When Colonel Ives comes back, I think he, he does a wonderful job of um, messing with. Yeah, Jennifer closes Hulk, the book real quick and startles him because he's trying not to sleep. And, yeah. yeah, and then at the at the end where he's like, <laughs> "You're going to either join us because the whole idea of we're going to look, we're going to become cannibals in this place. We're going to kill, you know, discriminately people come through here on their way to the promised land. We won't kill everybody, you know." And he's like, "You know." Lord knows we don't want to break up families, you know, <laughs> and right. uh, little lines like that. Or he's looking through the telescope at the, the soldiers who are coming to the general. He's like breakfast, lunch, lunch reinforcements, dinner. you know? Oh, and, and I think my favorite line is when they're sitting around and they're eating the stew. Um, was it the Knox, uh, a la Knox um, after they kill the, the veterinarian doctor, uh, they're eating his stew when, when they hit Boyd sitting there because you know I've just you know, stabbed him a couple times. He's like, "You're gonna have to either you're gonna die here or you're gonna eat and become one of us." And and they're eating the stew, and he's like, "You know, Benjamin Franklin said, eat to live, don't live to eat.' Huh? Yeah. You know, and the way he says it, the deliver that line, <laughs> I started laughing. You know, I'm like, oh my god, this is brilliantly done, and it really falls on Carlisle. I think he really carries the movie um and i think it's why i really started liking him because i didn't know who he was uh, until this time i hadn't watched his stuff and but uh but my god this that's great i'd love to just talk with him about this movie alone you know see what he remembers about it but um yeah yeah. and then from what i understand uh you know the very end uh not to spoil it but ives delivers a line that was really sneaky and from when i get that was ad-libbed because he starts laughing and that laughter was like uh you know but guy pierce is maintaining character he's not like laughing but i heard that was an ad-lib and they just kept it okay. going like it's a beautiful ad-lib you know as they're sitting there dying was, it really is and you know what and i think it's okay that he laughed in it you know because it was almost like a sarcastic laugh which mm-hmm. you know because he tells the guy too at the end he's like well yeah. you know either you die first and I eat you yeah. or, 
I die first, and what are you going to do? Right. You know? He's like, if you die first, yeah. I am so eating you. You know, right. it's like, yeah, he, that's what I love about it. He embraces, he embraces it. You know, it's like, this is how it is. I was going to die. I got a second chance at life. Um, and for all intents and purposes, he's like a vampire in a way, you know? Right. And it's, it's like watching the beautiful vampire, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula. And here's one of Keanu Reeves only really bad performances. And he's like whining about being a drag, you know, Oh, these vampire women. Oh, they drain me every night. Like, really? That's a problem. You know, <laughs> um, that's like dream come true. Hello. Hashtag dream come true. And uh, who doesn't want to be a vampire, you know, and in this case, they're cannibals. And, but you get all the strength, everyone you eat, you get their strength, you know? Um, and it has a great scene of uh, cigar smoking. You know, I, I pay attention to that when I see people smoking cigars in movies. I just love that because, and they, the, the sound, you can hear the puffing of the cigar. You can hear the crackle of the cigar as it burns. And I love that. They really amped up the sound. I mean, there's just a little details like that, that I think are amazing. Um, and yeah, it's just everything about this movie. I like, and I know people who hate it with a passion. I'm like, why? What do you, what, what, it's a good movie, but um, I love it. It's, it's in my upper tier, upper echelon of movies that I could pretty much watch anytime and get something new out of it, exciting about it, uh, whether it's the music or the, the dark humor. And I, I just, I, just I really like the music of it too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've got the and soundtrack. I, yeah. After I, after I watched it, I was very excited about it. I was like, Oh my gosh. But you know, I guess I didn't really understand like, cause he kept saying, telling uh, Boyd, like, you know, or no, God, I can't remember their names. Boyd's Guy Pierce. Ives is Robert. Okay. So yeah, he's telling Boyd, Boyd, you're one of us. You're one of us, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I was kind of disappointed because I, it, it took me till after the movie finished to realize like how he, you know, I'm like, how did he become one of them? One of them? Well, you know, oh, what is mm -hmm. he talking about? Mm -hmm. You know? And then I realized when he was at the um, bottom of the pile that I was like, Oh, right. Cause he feigned death. Yeah. See, that's what guy Pierce, you know, he's a soldier and has this moment of cowardice where he doesn't, you know, he pretends to be dead. So they throw him in a pile and all these dead bodies on top of him. And when he wakes up, you know, this man above him is draining into his body, you know, leaking blood and that's, it's in his mouth. And that's what gives him the strength to overtake, you know, the, the enemy, um, you know, single-handedly kind of took over the whole um, fort. So they couldn't really punish him for his cowardice. So they gave him a, they sent him out to, you know, Fort Spencer to, uh, to be out there, right. you know. Yeah. And the scenes of them, like at his celebration dinner, they're all like cutting into these big slabs of meat. You know, you yes. hear the, you hear the forks and the knives on the, on the China or on the plates, you know, it's a very noisy, messy looking pieces of beef, all loose and bloody, you know, uh, with, with the, the, you know, the bone in, in the center of it. Yeah. That's and everybody weird. else is digging into the steak and they're like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Why aren't you weeding? So do you think he realized he was a cannibal then? Maybe. I think, well, I think so because by the time that Calhoun gets to the camp and he was talking about that, because mm -hmm. he's the one, you know, when they were looking for the cave, he asked him, 
you know, can I ask you a question? This, this, after you had the man's blood, did you feel any differently after you ate the people? And cause I think he noticed that in, in himself, he's trying to fight it. He's trying to deny it because he doesn't want to be a cannibal. Um, but so I think it's just born on him where, so he's just projecting that life. And whereas Robert Carlyle is embracing it, you know, as like a second lease on life and even better than he had, before, yeah. you know, and I think that's, what's great about it. That's what I love about this movie. You know, so, what else do you want to say? Anything else you got to say? No, I just, I really, um, I really like the movie, you know, and um, I like it when they don't really, you know, specify like, Oh, he's a vampire or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it's kind of disappointing at the end when they were in that, you know, when they're both like mm-hmm. stuck in the trap together and then Mary didn't even try to help anybody. She was just like, nah. Well, no, because he asked, how did, how do you stop the Wendigo? He asked mm-hmm. her and she's like, you can't, you know, you have to kill it. You have to kill yourself. And essentially, essentially what she says, you have to stop that because she recognized in him, same thing with her brother that he that was, it was, him. it was, he was also the, the Wendigo, you know, he had done this. Okay. So I think that's why she didn't because she knew that's what he wanted. And she thought, well, here's how we stop the Wendigo. Although the irony is the one general who shows up, there's a big pot of stew a la Knox cooking on the fire. And he takes some sips of it's like, well, there we go. Start all over again. Right. You know, I think, I think that's a reasonable way to become, you know, gather that strength. Unlike a, you know, vampire, you know, you don't have to bite anybody. And yeah, I think if, you know, given the chance I would, why not? You know, yeah, kill your enemy, you gain their strength. Yeah. You know, I guess you, you know, like, well, they were out there and they were cooking it. So as long as you could like make stew and stuff. Yeah. Know. Hacking them up like nothing. Yeah. It's just chopping up like, I guess, you know, I, don't know I got wonky kidneys, but maybe, maybe though, I wouldn't have wonky kidneys if I started eating people. Give it a whirl. You know, I, no, I, you I, need, you need to start eating that uh, bitter melon. That's what you need. Oh, I've been taking it. Yeah. Have you yeah. noticed any difference? Not really. But I'm only taking yeah. one a day, you know, so maybe I need to take two, but mm. I'll keep on letting you know. I, know yeah. I haven't gone to the doctor or anything. Yeah. There's no cannibal doctor out here. So I have to go to Cleveland. Oh, for that. man. I know. I know. Oh, well, I, I think we've said what we need to say. Uh, if you've not seen Ravenous, you are in for a treat because you'd never seen it, right? No. Yeah. No, I've never seen it. No, it was a really good movie. I really like it. Yeah. And I, uh, I try not to steer you wrong with it. I had not seen Velocipaster and I will never see it again. Um, mm-hmm. But Ravenous. I agree. Yeah, I will watch 50 times uh, Ravenous. I will totally watch it again. Um, whether just It's just a really good movie with great performance. And that was made in like 1999. 1999, right. Mm-hmm. So let's see what Robert Carlyle is up to uh, these days. He's... Um, He's from Glasgow, and he's uh, 60 this year. I like the Scotsman. Yeah, he's on Cobra TV series. He was in War of the Worlds yesterday, Once Upon a Time. He was in Train Spotting. Uh, He does the Castlevania. He was the voice of Dracula, the, the video game. He was in Stargate Universe, 24 Redemption. 
he's been all kinds of stuff. He's probably way too classy to come on our show, you know, but I'd certainly Ooh. love to have him on because he's been acting since 1980. Bigby and Trainspotting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so quirky Robert Carlyle's are out there. Come on the show, man. Give me a call. Yeah, do it. Yeah. So I guess we need to think about getting out of here and let me read my, let's read the stuff. We haven't, we didn't read it last time. All right. Hey, you can find heavy metal horror on unsaneradio.com. You can listen to full episodes or download to your device. You can find us on Facebook, heavy metal horror podcast on Instagram. Look for Montag Lewis. One work, one word. And there's our brand new YouTube page. If you're watching, that's where you're at. Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you know someone who'd like our show, tell them about us. Tell them to subscribe. We're uh, right here. So you've been listening to Montag, Master of Illusion. And Blood Letter. And you, you laughing at me? Huh? No, he's coughing. At me? Oh. I didn't want to cough in your ear. <laughs> <coughs> there. That's what I did. I don't laugh at you. Not in front of your face. <laughs> just man. Just Everybody's going to laugh at you. It's like the end of Carrie. <laughs> Next thing comes They're a bucket of blood. Oh, the bloody uh, cross. See, you know, look, I got my halo right there. That's halo. right. Yeah. Oh, Lucifer is an angel, too. My favorite angel. The apple. There you go. <laughs> well, this has been Montag, Master of Illusion. Blood letter. And you've been listening to Heavy, heavy Metal, metal. <sighs> Horror. <laughs> oh, that's just silly stuff. This is Doug Helbring, and you have been listening to Heavy Metal Horror, the best podcast that you've never heard before. <laughs> <laughs>